Welcome to the Take 6 Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Take 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Surplus, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Callum Wise. Instead of being on the other line, however, he is in the exact same room as me. We had a little watch party tonight for this Raptors game. Didn't go as planned, but anyways, Callum, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, I mean, it's, it's good to be back in Toronto. Good to see you. Good to see you again, buddy. And uh, I mean, tonight was a tough loss for the Raptors, but we'll, we'll come back in game three. I know it. Let's start off with game one, the the more impressive of the two games, I guess you could say. The Raptors ended up winning that one 108-95. They really won by 20 in that game if you if you look at it the last three minutes when Kawhi and Siakam checked out they were the last of the starters left in the game and the bench unit gave up seven points with no points scored they only had three total points in that game and I I think they had the same amount tonight which is pretty embarrassing had three points I think yeah it was one three point yeah so it, it was bad. Both games for the bench were really bad, but the offense came a lot from the two main guys that we kind of thought that it was going to come from in Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam. They put up 74 points on 38 shots in that game. Pascal was 12 of 15, putting up 29, and then obviously Kawhi Leonard put up that big 45 tying a career high, which was really good. I thought he was going to be able to go for 50, but he came out, like I said, with three minutes to go, and you know they basically did it for his load management, <laughs> essentially. They're still kind of managing his load, but that's okay when you're up 20 points with three minutes left, but maybe not with his bench. <laughs> um, so, Callum, out of that first game, like I know we've kind of talked about this uh, off the air. What were the biggest takeaways you had from that game one? I mean, definitely the standout was Kawhi Leonard and Siakam going for the majority of our points, also outscoring the entirety of the starting five of Philly, which also leads into my second point of how good our defense was in game one. Keeping that starting five of all starting fives, they're one of the best in the NBA in terms of starting fives. And to keep them, um, what, they have 73 points, I think. I think it was like one point less than Kawhi. 71. Yeah, so definitely that. It was a combination of the two amazing scores in Kawhi and Siakam and also the defense of the entire team coming in in game one and giving us that 20-point lead. And then obviously our bench coming in and doing what they do best and not score a basket. So <laughs> that, yeah, it was a good game one. Uh, it was good to break that curse, like Hunter said, and and win game one um, in Toronto and then moving on to the next game with that, that 1-0 under your belt. Yeah, and Philly's offense, in like specifically their starting five, have been dominant in the playoffs. And being able to have the edge in that starting five is massive, especially when neither bench is really that great. Like you look at, Philly's bench and obviously they had a really good night tonight I think they had 26 points uh in total off the bench and the Raptors obviously didn't have that much but the the Raptors contributions from their starting fives in that game one at least were spectacular I mean you look at the scoring 
distribution from from that first game and you have 45 from Kawhi, 29 from Pascal, 8 from Marcus Saul, 7 from Danny Green and 9 from Kyle Lowry. And obviously those aren't big numbers from guys like Kyle Lowry, Danny Green and Marcus All, but you know, Kyle Lowry shot 40%, Danny Green shot 40% and Marcus All shot 40% and or 37.5% and added two three-pointers. So those are big those are big nights from all of those guys and they're all kind of doing what they're supposed to do. Kyle Lowry added eight assists. Danny Green has been struggling so far this playoffs and I'm wondering whether or not he is battling something, some sort of injury, some sort of anything that might be hurting his play because it's not looking like he's running properly right now. It's not looking like he's he's definitely not making threes right now. He was uh, he's one of four in that first game, and tonight he looked like he could not make anything. He missed that wide open three, and he was one of six tonight. That's sixteen point seven percent on the on the game tonight, and he missed that wide open three, which could have tied the game for us late, late, late in that one. Is there something from Danny Green that like are you seeing the same things as me, or am I am I kind of crazy? Oh, you're completely right. Like you said, he missed. At least three open threes tonight, and that one at the end to tie the game was he was just open. He there was no hand in his face, nothing. There's someone coming at him, but that is that is nothing that Danny Green has not seen throughout this season. He's he's been such a good good contested shot shooter that like you should think like yeah he should be an amazing open open look shooter as well, and that has just not been the case this postseason. He has shot extremely uh, poorly and yeah I'm wondering the same thing that he might be battling an injury that he's keeping to himself maybe you know like because of what happened with the Spurs we didn't find out about his injury until he came to Toronto and he told uh, the staff that yeah I was battling an injury throughout the last half of the season and so hopefully he could figure something out coming into game three because we needed him tonight we needed someone to make a three other than Kyle Lowry in the fourth quarter no one was making threes I don't think uh, like I, w- I, w- I don't have the stats currently but the the three pointers from the first to third quarter must have been atrocious yeah and you know what they were pretty much bad the entire game you even you mentioned Kyle Lowry there he was two of six from three not it's not bad it's fourth. not fantastic but they were both in the fourth like I said, Danny Green, one of six. Pascal Siakam, two of seven. Kawhi Leonard, three of ten. Like, none of these guys shot the lights out tonight. I mean, the only one who shot over 50% in that second game was Kawhi Leonard, right? And he ended up with a a massive game, 35 points and seven rebounds with six assists. It looks like he was doing everything. He looked like he was the only guy who could actually get something going at any given moment. Siakam did not have a good game too and and I've always said throughout you know basically this whole year as to why you should love Siakam so much is because you know when was the last time you said hey if Siakam had a better game we would have won it this is that night this was that night this is the only night that I've ever been able to say that and it goes to say something right if this team's starting five isn't going and this bench is producing literally nothing it's, it's a tough thing to watch. And 
you saw that in the first game, right? The the first game they didn't produce anything once again, and the starters were able to take over. Marcus All was able to hold Joel Embiid to basically nothing, you know, for Joel Embiid standards. And same with tonight. I know Embiid was a little bit sick, but he was held to a very limited score. He only had two field goals in this game. He only made two field goals. And that's something that you're going to love to get out of Marcus All, and you're going to love to see that as a Raptors fan uh, with Embiid getting such little amount of scoring chances. But going back to that first game, Callum, what did you see from this Raptors team that you think will be able to continue throughout the rest of the series and, you know, if they get by the series, the rest of the playoffs? I mean, just from the from watching game one and two, we can count on Kawhi. Kawhi has been a bona fide bucket a bona fide everything like he he's been running this team especially today when when no one was doing anything uh, offensively he was he was the only one who could score and we can definitely count on him throughout the series and i think we can also count on our defense because even though we only scored 89 points we held them to 94 points which is pretty good for that team uh well i think it was uh, they said something at the end of the game. It was like six games in a row where they've six, held them. Yeah, so six straight games where they've held their opponent to under 100 points, under 40% shooting, and under 30% from the field. And that defensive point that you just made, Callum, I'm right there with you, man, because their defense has been spectacular throughout this whole series. Their team defense, their individual defense has been really good. And even though there were moments in tonight's game where you were like, oh my God, this team is playing horrible. The only reason that they stayed in that game was because of their defense. And the only reason that they pulled away so far in in that last game, obviously they had really good offensive performances, but what accentuated those offensive performances was their defense. And I, I totally agree with that. And the other thing that I think, you know, I've taken away from this game that we'll be able to continue is we're getting open shots, right? In that first game, we hit them. In the second game, we missed them. It was kind of like that game one against Orlando. We were just missing wide-open shots. I don't think the Raptors played that bad. They just missed their shots. I think this team, if they make... Obviously, if they make three or four more of those wide-open threes, which they had a lot of, they had a ton of wide-open threes, a a lot of missed shots right by the rim, this team could have easily won that game even with the poor performance. And we saw it, right? They they ended up coming back. They won the last two quarters quite handily tonight. Um, but yeah, it's the wide open shots for me because this team has been hitting wide open shots basically since Marcus all got there. We've been we were saying all all the time at the beginning of the year that this team can't hit their wide open shots. Their three pointers they were. 23rd or something in the league in three-point field goal percentage, but they were taking a ton of them. Now, they're taking a ton of threes still, and they're hitting them, right? Whether Marcus All has anything to do with that or whether it's just a coincidence, I don't know. I think Marcus All has something to do to it. But they're, they're getting those wide-open threes, and they're hitting them at a very good clip. Today, tonight, was off-brand of this Raptors team ever since that Marcus All trade. So if they can keep up these wide open shots, I don't see how they're going to to lose this series and not make it to the conference finals. Another thing that kind of 
I saw tonight that kind of stemmed from game one was Brett Brown made a bunch of a bunch of changes, right? They started double teaming uh, Siakam and Kawhi more when they were with the bench. They started playing a different brand of defense. Embiid started playing against uh, Siakam, and there was a bunch of different changes that Brett Brown and the and the 76ers ended up making during this game. Nick Nurse wasn't able to adjust at all, and, and a lot of people are saying that he wasn't really able to make the right decisions, call good timeouts, and you know, get his lineup out. He had a pretty long leash for his for his bench unit, which like we've been saying this whole time, underperformed greatly today. Are you concerned at all with Nick Nurse's ability to make in game changes? From tonight, yes. I think he definitely he showed that he's a first year coach. He showed that he is inexperienced and he just didn't know what he was doing. I don't know what, especially with the big matchups, uh, with with Gasol being on Monroe and then Ibaka on Embiid and when Embiid was off and Gasol was on the court, they didn't get him to to go to the paint when he could just dominate there. But there was a lot of calls that Nick Nurse just wasn't making tonight that were all off. And not to say that this game was his fault. It, obviously, we still got the looks. We still got, we still got the open shots. We had the the great defense still, and um, what you said about the the leash with with the bench is very true. He he gives them a leash that they shouldn't have right now. This is the playoffs. This is against the Seventy Sixers, who are a great team, especially coming into the playoffs, especially beating a Brooklyn team that was supposed to do really well in the playoffs, and not they beat them easily. Like they destroyed them. And you, you don't have we don't have time for mistakes like that. Like it's those little things that that maybe would have swung the game in our favor. Where like Abaka was, oh my God, he was biting on everything. Uh, that was the the worst defense I think I've ever seen him play. And I don't know what, what Nick Nurse was thinking and keeping him on uh, on Embiid, even though Embiid only had two field goals, he was eight for eight from uh, from the free throw line. Because he got those fouls from from Ibaka from biting just over and over again, and and Bead knows what he's doing. He's one of the best bigs in the league. He's obviously going to take those free throws and make them. So, uh, I think Nick Nurse has to to reconsider his uh, what he's doing throughout the game if he wants to ch- change the outcome in Game Three. Well, yeah. So the one the one change that he kind of did make going into this series, not necessarily this game, was. He started playing, you know, one of Gasol, Leonard, or Lowry with the bench along with Siakam, right? He he has shortened his unit to essentially nine guys. If you discard Meeks from that, you know, basically two minutes per game that he's playing, you basically have an eight-man rotation. I think Meeks just gets in there just to make sure that everyone is well-rested enough, mm-hmm. but... The short leash has to come out after this game. Fred Van Fleet was a minus 18 in 18 minutes. Norm Powell was a minus 17 in 15 and a half minutes. Serge Ibaka, minus 12 in 13 minutes. All the starters, plus. Um, Siakam was a zero. He was a plus minus of zero, but everyone else. Kawhi, plus four. Marc Gasol, plus seven. 
Danny Green plus 14, Kyle Lowry plus one. And like you were saying, they need to work these matchups accordingly to what's going on with the 76ers. I hate being one of those teams that has to match up against what the other team is doing, but when Embiid is out there and Ibaka is biting two, three times in the series so far on on a pump fake from Joel Embiid, that's unacceptable. From three. From three. That's unacceptable. I understand if it's in the paint, fine, but that is an unacceptable move from anybody. You just can't do it because that's where you want Joel Embiid to play. If Joel Embiid is playing from the three-point line, you're winning that game. Let him take those Let shots. him take those threes any day of the week. Because when he takes those threes, he goes... Guess what he goes tonight from three? Zero percent. Yeah. Oh, of three. Joel, well, yeah, if Joel Embiid takes those shots more often, the Raptors team is in a very good position because he is not great at making those threes. He knows that he doesn't like making those threes. We know that he doesn't like making those threes. And yet, Serge Ibaka is still giving given the benefit of the doubt in that scenario, and I get it. You wanna you wanna make sure that those guys feel that you trust them. But it's the playoffs. It's not the regular season anymore. You have to give these guys a short leash. Kawhi only played, and like I say, only very easily here. But Kawhi played forty one minutes, right? This is why you rested him so much for the regular season. It's to get him out there and so he can play 44 minutes, 45 minutes a night in the playoffs when you really need him. He was resting early on in that fourth quarter and it was basically their whole bench unit in that fourth quarter to start. And that's when the momentum was swinging in the Raptors' direction. If if Nick Nurse was able to bring these guys in and maybe bring it within, you know, get give them the lead at some point, it might be a different ending to that game, right? Because... What happened was they, they brought it within one, and Nick Nurse, for some reason, took out Marcus All and threw in Serge Ibaka, and immediately that lead grew to 11. It felt like it was a snap of the fingers, and that lead was 11. So I, I hate blaming this, this on, on a coach because the guys really just weren't making shots. The game plan seemed to be working in terms of them getting to their spots, getting to their positions, and getting wide-open shots. But they just they just weren't hitting them. But the advantage that you should have, especially against a coach like Brett Brown, is that you should be able to say, "Hey, look, my coach is going to be able to make adjustments on the fly." And that's the biggest issue that everybody had with Dwayne Casey, right? Is that he couldn't make those adjustments on the fly, and that's why he got fired. I'm not saying Nick Nurse should get fired by any means, but it's not a great thing. So we kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, in the episode, Cal. But do you think that Marcus Gasol has been as effective as you expected against Joel Embiid, or has he kind of surpassed your expectations? Or- oh, I think he. I think he surpassed my expectations because he kept Embiid to going two for seven, uh, only making two field goals, and the only reason he had points tonight. Was because he had eight for eight from from the from the free throw, and most of those were Ibaka's fault. And so, go, kind of going back to Nick Nurse, like why would you have this guy on Embiid when Gasol has been dominating these aggressive big men in Joel Embiid and Vukinic in the in the previous series, who are both top of the line centers that Gasol has just played with. He's you, he can't get past Gasol. He's amazing defensively and he's shown that in these first two games and 
uh, I think that he should continue to, to play like that throughout the series. Like he definitely will. And I think that Nick Nurse needs to check why like he needs to check himself and why check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Nick Nurse. He already wrecked himself tonight. <laughs> He needs to check why he's putting Ibaka on Embiid when Gasol has just shut him down. Shut one of the best scorers in the league currently in Joel Embiid. And yeah, I think Gasol has definitely surpassed my expectations this series. And hopefully it will continue. Yeah, and one of the things that was kind of brought up when he was guarding a guy like Vucevic in that first series was that he had a lot of help defense, right? Because there's not a lot of great scores on the Orlando Magic, but there are a lot of great scores on the uh, on the Sixers, and we saw that we've seen that in in stretches throughout the season where some of these guys can go off for thirty at any given moment. Whether it's Simmons, Embiid, Butler, Harris, JJ Redick, any of those guys can you know realistically go for thirty on any given night. We saw Butler do it tonight, but. The ability to handle Embiid one-on-one was shocking. And in that first game especially, because Embiid was really trying to bump his body down low in that first game, especially early in that first game, and he wasn't getting anywhere against Marc Gasol. And it showed how strong Marc Gasol really is. Because Embiid is probably the heaviest guy in the NBA. One of the strongest men in the NBA. He is a 7-foot-plus idiot Hmm. who knows how to handle himself around down low. And... It was, it was really impressive to me. Just like you said, he totally surpassed all of my expectations of what I thought Gasol was going to be able to do. His offense has been you know, pretty spot on with what he has added to this team, especially in that first game he was able to facilitate. In this, in this game, he was able to facilitate quite a bit. And he's making shots, man. He's, in that first game, he was stretching out Boban. And in that in that game tonight, he was stretching out Embiid to that three-point line. And to be honest, I think they should be doing that more. Because when Joel Embiid is not following Marcus Gasol to that three-point line, or whether it's Boban or Mike, whoever it's going to be, Amir Johnson, Mike Scott, when he comes back, if he's not following Marcus Gasol to that three-point line, he will make those shots at a very decent rate, right? He made a couple tonight. He'll, he made a couple in the first game. And... That will continue, right? But what is getting to me, and once again, this is kind of a Nick Nurse thing, is they aren't running those as often as they should be. They're not running those pick and rolls where they're gonna leave, or the no, I guess not pick and roll, a pick and pop where they leave Marcus All up by that three point line after the screen and see if Joel Embiid or or Boban runs down in there. Because Marcus All is the perfect guy to do that. If Joel Embiid does end up coming up to him, he can. Sh- he's shown throughout the season that he's able to make that pass, make that quick pass to Lowry or to Leonard or to Siakam, depending on who, uh, you know, who's wide open. He'll be able to read that, and if Embiid doesn't come out and respect him, he'll be able to make that shot most of the time, or at least put fear into the other team that he will make that shot, and that's going to open up the paint for guys like Siakam and for guys like. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, and that's where a lot of these guys score. You you saw tonight where Siakam was trying to get inside, and he wasn't able to get in there as easily as we saw him in the first game, mainly because Embiid was in there. He had a very big impact defensively on this game, despite not having a great offensive game. Um, but yeah, 
Like, I think that Marcus All has been very good in this series, and I expect him to keep it up. Like, and I don't see him having a harder matchup than this series. You know, like in the Eastern Conference Finals or in the Finals. I can't see it. I don't, there's no one. I don't think, like, who does Milwaukee, I mean, Al Horford possibly on the Celtics. He's... But they kind of, they, they play the same way, right? Mm-hmm. This is the thing where you see how versatile, this is the playoffs where you're going to see how versatile Marcus All is. He's yeah. going to stay starting if if Ibaka keeps playing like this. Like, at the beginning of the season, I would have said I'd rather have Ibaka match up against Horford. But as of right now, from all I've seen so far, Marcus All is a better player, and it's not even close. Oh, yeah. And it's not even close. And as good as Jonas Valanciunas has been against Joel Embiid in his career, Marcus All is a whole other beast. Mm-hmm. He's a whole other beast. Because Valanciunas couldn't stop him. There's no way he could stop, especially a playoff Embiid. Like, Gasol has shut this man down, and obviously tonight he says he was sick, but in the first game, too, he he shut him down. And I think that there's not going to be a tougher matchup, like you said, other than Embiid. There's no one who's on that same level in the playoffs currently, especially because... Cousins is injured now, so if you if we do get to the finals, he is no longer a threat because he is gone, uh, because he's injured. And then also, Anthony Davis not in the playoffs, um, and I can't really think of anyone else that could actually do something against Marcus All, without like having a career night or something like that. Like, there's no one who, especially because he's shown time and time again that he can stop these. These number one, two, three, four, uh, big men in the league. I guess there's Jokic, but that's he's not that type of player. Once he's, again, he's one of these these guys who stretch the floor. Yeah. yeah, he's a big guy, but he stretches the floor, and that goes into Marcus All's game more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, Gasol can can you know penetrate down low and stop those big bodies from getting inside, but. What does he like to do more than anything? He loves being on that perimeter. He's a great passing big man. He's he's like a old Jokic, right? If if Marcus was coming up in this day and age, I'm sure he'd be basically exactly what Jokic is. Oh yeah. Maybe not as flashy of a passer, but just as good with the vision and all that kind of stuff. Um so out of the two games, you know, game one, obviously the very gr- good Raptors team. Uh, really good offensively, a lot of points, really good on defense, getting a lot of transition points uh, versus this game two team where, you know, they're not really getting out in transition. They're not really, you know, they're they're playing really good defense, but they're not able to get anything going offensively. Which team are you? do you think we're seeing for the rest of the series? I'm going to say just the game one. I think that this game pissed them off. I think... This made them extreme, especially Danny Green. After he missed that shot, I could see that he was so mad at himself. Which, because a guy like a guy like Danny Green, who has shot well this entire season, probably the best. Was he the best shooter from three? He, I think he was the second best shooter from three in the season. Mm, yeah, which is insane. And to come into the playoffs and be like the worst shooter from three is insane. Like for that. For his ego, that must hurt him so much. And I think he's going to go to the gym tonight and just shoot for like 10 hours straight and like not come back, like come out until he's hitting 10 in a row, hitting those open shots. Like 
I think they're going to go into game three and just be, they're going to be mad at themselves, especially uh, because they played so poorly in game two. And I think Kawhi is just going to keep playing like Kawhi and uh, hopefully everyone will pick up the pieces and we can dominate them like we did in game one. Is Kawhi the best player in the East right now? But he's the best player in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm there. Maybe I might put Kevin Durant ahead of him in terms of the playoffs. But he's... but he Kevin Durant is just scoring. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, whole that's game. true, and that's a great argument to to be made right there because he has been doing everything. He yeah. literally has been doing everything. He has so many great defensive plays. Even if he's not getting the steal, he is basically forcing the turnovers. He's forcing these guys into really bad shots. He's playing great on-ball and off-ball defense. When they need him, especially in that game one, when they need to go to him, when J.J. Redick was really hot, who did they stick on J.J. Redick to to guard him off-ball? And guess who didn't get a shot? <laughs> J.J. Redick didn't get a shot because Kawhi Leonard was all over him. I I agree that he is the best guy in, in the East, I am not certain about the entire playoffs yet because uh, KD has had such great performances. Yeah, and you know he's basically averaging forty points per game in the last five games or something like that, and that's insane. But um, I, I'm going back to the question that I asked you before about what team I think we're going to see. I I think it's going to be the Raptors, and that's basically because of what I said earlier with the open shots, right? How many times is this team going to miss so many wide open shots? Especially for a team that is a shooting team. This is a shooter's team. From so, after the All-Star break, there were no uh, not well, after the uh after the trade deadline, they've been the number 1 team in three-point percentage. Yeah. And right. How can like that just doesn't make any sense to me that they miss so many open threes and I think that they're going to start hitting them. No matter what, because like it's it's the basketball gods. If you have this many open threes, you're gonna start hitting some, especially because that's what you practice. It's not like, oh, they have open threes, but they're not gonna hit. Like they, that is what people practice. Like in practice, you're pretty much just hitting open shots. So that's like that's what you should be hitting because, not when you're like having those full court practice, but like when you're having shooting practice, you're shooting those threes, and I think that is going. To come, it's going to be on our side throughout the series. Uh, like not throughout, but there will come a time where it's going to start dropping. Where the threes are going to start dropping for us. Are you at all concerned about Pascal Siakam's game tonight? He only and I, you know, only this is a pretty good game for most players. But he had twenty one points, seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, he had five fouls, but he he had four steals added on to that. Um, is there any concern from you? He only shot 36% from the field, 28% from, from three, and had 50% from free throw? Or is this just kind of a, a one-night thing that you saw from this guy? I mean, like you said at the beginning of the episode, there has never been a night other than tonight where you said, if Siakam has played better, we would have won that game. And that was tonight. And I think... Even like he still scored twenty one points with that terrible shooting, and he also had four steals, which is pretty great. That's a lot of steals for someone, and I think this is just I don't know. It's a bum night for him, but he's gonna come back and he's gonna play amazing like he always has. 
Yeah, to me, he was getting to his spots. Mind you, a lot of his a lot of his shots usually are tough shots. I think I saw a stat today that in these playoffs, especially, uh, he's made shots. You know, he's had some of the most shot attempts with a defender. You know, within zero to two feet of him, and he has made 50, 56 or something percent of those shots. Tonight, he wasn't able to make those tough shots that he usually does. He, for a lot of the night, had Joel Embiid guarding him and, you know, kind of just sagging off of him, making him come in at him, especially on those plays where you ISO Siakam at the end of the shot clock. Joel Embiid was just kind of letting him come at him, and then they just closed down the paint and and attack Siakam at all costs. And that is a, a strategy that is going to work for this Philadelphia 76ers team. Yes, I think Siakam can probably make more of the shots than he did, especially from three. Like we said early on in the game, he was not hitting at all any open shots that he had. It looks like he he was just kind of off tonight, and that's it for me, right? He usually makes those really tough running shots, the little spin moves. I don't know what it was, but his touch just didn't seem to be there tonight. It might have just been one of those bad games that you had. Danny Green had a had a fairly bad game. Serge Ibaka had a bad game. Fred Van Fleet has had a horrible playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not worried about it. But I think maybe the Sixers have kind of found a way to not necessarily stop Siakam because he obviously did still have 21 points, but to at least limit his production on the offensive end. Which would be a very big, you know, point for this, for this Raptors team. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about at all? No, I think we've covered everything. All right, so that seems to be it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys have any other questions, you can always ask us on Twitter at take underscore six. That's the Drake way of spelling it. You can go to takesix.org and read some stuff. We got two new Raptors articles out this week. Um, Every Saturday, we have something called Six Takes, where we break down the six biggest news stories from the Toronto Sports Week. And then we obviously have our blogs and uh, podcasts up there. And then we've got our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere where you can find your podcast. So please give us a rating and review there. Callum, as always, it was a great pleasure having you on.